0: Hello, welcome back to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bordner and the Unstoppable
1: Nick Brodopas. Hmm? Do I have a question? A comics question? Sure. How, how does Spider-Man stop the Juggernaut? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't read that one. I had it in my possession, and I assume I read it, but I don't remember how he stops him.
0: Which. I am I'm way earlier in my in my Spider-Man reading career.
1: Which makes my makes my mind think that the Juggernaut is actually unstoppable.
0: I can tell you about the times that the X-Men have stopped the Juggernaut. Mm-hmm.
1: It uh, usually I'm involves like sure. knocking
0: his helmet off so Professor Xavier or Gene Gray can like, you know, do a psychic whammy on him. Only that, no like big walls. Um there are Okay, so a lot of the older Juggernaut stories have the same exact formula, which is they set up a bunch of walls in the uh, in the den in like the 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 mansion, except the wall. And so, like the Juggernaut has to knock down a bunch of walls, and um, the X Men are like hide- hiding in the Danger Room or something, and they're like formulating a plan to take him down. Okay, that's funny. Um, there was one time in like the 2010s um, relatively recently where like Colossus um, became the juggernaut. I don't want to know about
1: that. Oh, it was pretty cool actually, but um, it's fine. Yeah. Have you considered a big hole? Like a big pothole would probably stop him. I think
0: God, see, this is the problem. I can't, I I don't, I don't remember this story that well. Mm. It was definitely during fear itself. Mm. Um, so I think the Juggernaut was also demon-possessed? could also just,
1: just leave. Everyone could just leave Earth, and the Juggernaut could not be stopped, but he probably couldn't leave. Right. I feel like that's the best plan. What is the Juggernaut currently up to? He, Joe smashing walls in a circle. The X-Men are formulating a plan as we speak. <laughs> he's, just, he's confused because he keeps smashing the walls, but he doesn't realize he's turning slightly right every time. Here's the the Marvel database, which is always a little inaccurate. I can imagine. Hey, you know what else has a pretty good wiki actually? What you got? Um, how I met your mother wiki is pretty solid. (laughs) I bet. I'm serious. It's like a it's like a solid. Oh, you know,
0: I I I just realized that the juggernaut is probably unstoppable. I mean, he's probably on Krakoa. Wait, 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 wait. He's not a mutant. What? He's um, he's got the the, the crimson gem of Cideract. That's what gives him uh, John, his powers.
1: Please don't explain that.
0: <laughs> he just has a magic gem. He has a magic gem that a
1: demon gave him. Does that mean he's a normal person underneath? Um. Yeah. What does he look like? Is he is he skinny and stupid? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We need to stop talking about the Juggernaut now. I've decided. Oh well, yeah. Although. Maybe we can't. I guess
0: we might not be able to. Uh-oh. He actually was. Um, he was sort of a member of the X Men recently. That's in, make the, me in the stuff just before
1: the the House of X. Aren't they racist against non mutants now?
0: I mean, this was before then. <laughs> yeah, but also, I wouldn't say they're they're racist.
1: Krakoa is all I care about. Actually, I don't I, care. I don't know why. We're I don't about this. think so. Huh. <laughs> I don't think the juggernaut is on Greco, because yeah. he's not a mutant. <laughs> Joe, why does he wear a big walnut on his head? Is that part of his head? <laughs> That's the thing
0: that prevents people from from getting into his brain tel- telepathically. Big, big
1: <laughs> it's it's like Magneto it's like Magneto's helmet. Why doesn't he just get a Magneto's helmet instead of wearing a walnut? <laughs> I, I don't
0: think it would work with his aesthetic
1: yeah, <laughs> being a <yeah>. big
0: walnut. <laughs> what the word juggernaut mean? A huge force. All right,
1: Joe, we got to stop. I think we should stop. I think only you and I can stop the Juggernaut. Yeah.
0: Okay. Nick, how are you doing uh, in this fine new year? We're we're in 2020.
1: Uh, It's pretty good. Um, I mean, people keep putting these weird walls in front of me. I have to keep smashing them down (laughs) with my big walnut head. Um, Oh, God, we didn't stop the Juggernaut. He's back. pretty annoying. (laughs) I mean... It gives them so much time to formulate formulate a plan, but um, (laughs) aside that, it's uh, a smashing, it's a smashing new year.
0: I would say my new year has been smashing as well. Okay, cool. What's a change you made? What is a change I made? Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to be kinder in my life. I think. Okay. You know, I'm also. You know, I think I think trying to to drink more frosties.
1: What? I don't know what that is.
0: Yeah, I'm done with this bit.
1: <laughs> Frosties? They're like... I- mm, okay. You want to talk about the juggernaut again? <laughs> no. Okay. okay, okay. Nick, uh, you've got a thing for me? Uh, Joe, I do have a thing for you, and as I think I've done for a couple weeks now, I, I think it's going to be a shocking thing to you. I think it's going to shock. Okay. Um, is it How I Met Your Mother Again? No, it's not. It's, uh, it's the Netflix series, you season two. How do you feel about that? Okay. How did, how, what's your emotions after I said that? I,
0: I have none. I, the thing I know about that show is that, um, the main character has my name, uh,
1: which is unfortunate because he's not a good person, That's oh, yeah. my understanding. Um, well, actually he changes it this season, I guess. So you're good. Oh. Um, is it now it's, Will. is it to, to, to do more stalking? Um, does he change his name to do more I stocking? I don't think it's to do more stocking. I think he does do stocking under that name. Uh, yeah.
0: Does it but does it help him facilitate
1: stocking? I guess so. I, I suppose. I mean, he, mm. just, like, you know, he starts a new life, so I guess that helps him stock people.
0: Right. Um so please tell me about you.
1: Okay, I will. Um I suppose do you do you need a little a Little re frosty on the um first season, you said. I think I do, I think I do. I've never seen it so. So, the first season it's pretty straightforward. It goes like this Here's a guy, his name is Joe, and he you know he lives in New York and he sells books. He's a seems like a nice guy, um, I guess. And he, he meets a girl in his big bookstore and he has this like inner monologue that he always has all the time, which I think is great. Um, but he meets her and then you sort of find out, I don't remember exactly how it goes cause I haven't rewatched it, but you know, he kind of goes from being like a romantic to like, you find out he's kind of a crazy stalker. And I, I think it pro- progressively gets a little weirder, but uh, some of the idea in the show is that he uses like phones a lot to do that. And like social media to sort of mm-hmm. gain an edge. Um, and uh, in the first season he's in love with this girl named Beck and he stalks her a bit. Um, and he, eventually gets her to date him but he doesn't tell her that he's a stalker Um, Mm. you know when problems come his way such as like her friends annoying him or her ex-boyfriend annoying him he sort of just kills people um but you constantly get this inner monologue of his and he sort of just justifies it a lot and uh yeah and then the first season ends and he's she finds out and so he kills her um the end so it's a pretty dark show yeah i mean it's like a thriller um because it's not mm-hmm. like scary but it's like yeah like you know reactions um yeah. yeah i mean it sounds like a pretty stupid show it ended the first season and i was like wow that was wildly entertaining but also like there's no way they can pull off a second season you know what i mean mm-hmm. like they clearly haven't thought ahead because they just killed off the girl and like what are they gonna do um but actually i was surprised to find that this season i enjoyed more um because this season sort of follows a very similar structure to the first season like. Almost, almost to the point where it's like this is the same. You know, he moves into a new apartment with a new name. Uh, there's sort of a kid character in the apartment that he bonds with, and that person's, you know, mother. Uh, and he, you know, is a nice guy to them to contradict his like stalker nature. Um, and he starts out the season. You know, even the season he starts out the season, you're like, oh, maybe he's doing better. He's trying to be more normal. But um, he, and at the end of the episode, it's like, ah, he's still bad. Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah. But the 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 things that they change the season are actually things that i had problems with the first season so it just sort of follows a similar formula but it does do a couple things that are pretty important differently not just like little things differently but like takes one idea from the first season reapplies it and then changes the outcome if that makes sense um okay so an example is like in the first season he captures um his you know not yet girlfriends ex-boyfriend um and he keeps him in a cage um basically <clears throat> And then, um, pretty quickly that guy gets murdered. Um, and in the first season I was like, Hmm, wouldn't it be more interesting if like he had to hang out with that guy for a while since he doesn't like inherently want to kill people, you know, he, he sort of does, but he, he doesn't just go around. Like he, he needs a reason you like, he takes him longer. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. he has to justify it in himself, that sort of thing. So this season he also has someone in a cage early on. Um, and then he, instead of like him just killing that person, this time he's like, uh, he takes a little longer and he actually like becomes friends with that person weirdly and then eventually lets that person go, like, which is just a weird outcome, but I think a uh-huh. more interesting one instead of just making him the killer, you know? Um, oh, the other thing it does is that he's like, he's sort of annoyed by her friends, but instead of like being like trying to get rid of them, he either tries to get along with them or um, in one case they're actually good people that he likes um it takes sort of the more annoying things out of the first season and it changes them not only because like just to change them but like also because his character this season is trying to get better in a weird way um and i'm not trying to like justify it and i don't think the show is either but like it's it's good it's good for me in the second season that it's not just like him being bad again like there are some moments where it's like okay maybe this is a show about him becoming a better person just sort of weird because you know when you have like a killer as a main character you sort of want them to face the consequences eventually um but I think it's definitely more interesting to have it be about this person sort of feeling internal guilt and sort of like wanting to get caught um and sort of the slow acceptance of like hey I'm a bad person um and that does happen this season it's set up early on and it goes out really nicely um and by the end of it he's sort of like yeah, I did this. I'm not good. Like, this is not justified. Please, like, I'm ready to go to prison now. Um, And there's a couple, Mm -hmm. you know, twists and turns at the end that sort of make it so that doesn't happen, obviously. Um, But it's interesting to me that the second scene of the show takes it from being like, well, that was exciting, um, but there's no overall story that I see to this one where I sort of see him improving um, as a person, but still, like, you know, dealing with being a, a creepy, creepy, weird guy with a broken, broken psycho um yeah
0: sure yeah interesting yeah so um (laughs) so my thing for the you this week is um very different from you it's uh it's little women the uh the new greta gerwig movie that just came out um this past christmas Mm -hmm. uh nick it's phenomenal you (laughs) saw this movie i did isn't this based on a book yes um probably a book that you read in elementary school didn't oh fascinating um well i did um the uh the book was came out in uh 1968 wow um and it is about you know four four little women uh uh meg uh joe beth and amy um and their sort of uh struggles in the in the 1800s um with you know pursuing their talents and careers um and also like becoming uh you know real people um in in as they grow up Um, sort of in the face of of, uh, you know a lot of the the social conflicts of the time which like includes misogyny but also like the civil war was happening Um, so there's a big subplot about that Um, but the the movie um, is a fairly straight adaptation of this but what it does is it kind of takes the first and the back half of the book and it splits them into two parallel timelines Um, so you have uh, the future segment where the characters are grown up and they they're, they're um, sort of pursuing different careers or, or uh, you know things that they're struggling with. Um, uh, you know one of, one of the sisters is is Beth is sick uh, throughout the movie. Um, uh, Joe is trying to become a writer. She's pretty much the the main character of the movie. There, there's a bit of a love, a love triangle, almost quadrangle at the beginning of the movie uh, with this one boy, uh, who lives near them. Uh, that, that is a thread that continues throughout the movie. Um, it's, it's really good. It's really entertaining. The, the, the characters are incredibly compelling. Um, it is, you know, the, the book had, I think a pretty big effect on me when I was in like third grade. Um, (laughs) and I think the movie is, if not revolutionary, like interesting and, and insightful in a lot of the same ways. Uh, and I, I heavily recommend it. <laughs>
1: John, I'm an 18-year-old boy. I like sure explosions and, and, and space and, uh, and <laughs> men. Why should I see this movie?
0: Well, I think uh, there's some incredible character work in this movie that I think will, will blow you away. Um, and I think you'll become incredibly attached to all of the little women. Nice. Um, and day? I, I think, I think you know, in, it's a good book. So on on some days, uh, character work can can you know trump even explosions, and that's the motto of Out of Our Heads. Okay. <laughs>
1: the book
0: good too. Uh, from what I remember, yeah, I I read it in third grade, but I assume there's a reason that it's a classic, and it it you know entertained me a lot then, so. Mm,
1: mm. Your your choice, I think, surprised me more than your my my choice surprised you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's. I cool. really, I really recommend Little Woman. It's one of the best movies I saw this year.
1: Yeah, you just, I'll, I'll do it. I will see it. Okay. I'll see. Okay. It. okay. But, you know, it's built up in my head like that. It's like a, it's an old book about old people in an old house, and they don't do anything. This like movie it. is really good,
0: Nick. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah, you know, I I watch Mad Men. I can I can handle it. I can if it's good, it's good.
0: All right. Did you um did you ever see Ladybird? Yeah. Okay, it's it's um that director.
1: I don't like Ladybird that much. Okay. Is it better than Ladybird? I would say so. Alright, okay. Yeah, okay. I like the beginning so of the wanna... where she jumps out of a car and I <laughs> I was like, I'm ready for this crazy movie and the rest of it's normal.
0: <laughs> Nick, you want to move on to our, our main event for this episode?
1: Da, da, da. Yes I do.
0: Okay, so today we are talking about uh, the Mandalorian, which is a eight episode Disney Plus Star Wars show about, um, you know, as I'm sure you know, uh, since this has been all over the internet, it's it's about uh, a Mandalorian uh, guy, uh, a bounty hunter, who um who takes on this job and eventually uh, discovers a, a baby, a baby of Yoda's race, um, and he goes on a, a grand mission to protect him. Uh, and sort of you know find out uh you know what's up with this baby Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and also sort of earn back his rank as a member of the uh
1: mandalorian guild kind of yeah yeah um and i think a big part of this show is is sort of trying to return to the aesthetic of the original trilogy um like you get a lot of like ah bounty hunters in a bar like ah desert planets um Jawas, lots of Jawas. Um, Life Day. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a slower pace and sort of more of a simple story, I'd say, sort of the way that the original trilogy is. Like you know, one. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's a a very simple setup. You know, I think in a lot of the middle episodes of the show, we get just like here's the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda going on adventure.
1: Yeah, actually, you know, that's that's something that watching this show, I. I don't mind. Um, I actually really enjoy it in a way. Um, I like the idea of sort of just a classic, like tune in and every, like the way I watched this was like more or less once a, you know, once in a while. I didn't watch them all at once. I watched them right. once a week and I was like, it was sort of just like tuning into what's up with this adventure, the, like, you know, faceless cowboy Mandalorian uh, nameless also actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and baby Yoda. And like, you know, it wasn't that long, but it felt like, like a little piece of a star Wars movie every time um mm-hmm. and i enjoyed it, that. Event. it
0: works a lot better as something that was released weekly and i think it would have fared like as a you know let's dump this all eight episodes
1: on a sunday uh, and just see how people react to it yeah definitely because um i'm mean, like the middle three ones are pretty disjointed they're just like random adventures like you said um mm-hmm. like it it is definitely better to watch once a week because it, it that's how it feels it's like ah like a, that's all you really need. It's not like I don't know, it's not like addicting in that way where it's like I got to watch it all. It's like it's more like just nice. It's nice to like enter that world, you know, for a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Like
0: the setup we have is something I said to you when we were first discussing uh the show back when it like was in its infancy kind of was that I felt like the first 3 episodes maybe should have been condensed down to one episode um for the sake of pacing, which is something that I don't really agree with anymore. Um, just because the rest of the show is so episodic, um, that like, I wouldn't see much of a point in condensing down those episodes.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're used to like Netflix stuff where it's like sort of just a long movie and it all kind of connects. Um, but that's not like the way this works is like the first two, three episodes are like the beginning and then the last two are the end and the middle is just sort of there. Um, right. Which, you know, it's fine. Um, Yeah. I mean, what do you think about it, you know, as a story in general?
0: You know, I, I think that the Mandalorian is a, a, a pretty good show. It's not, it's not a great show. It's not something that, that I love. Um, And if it were like released as like a movie or like even something that, that had like slightly more prestige um, instead of just like, you know, here's a Disney plus show. um, I think I would have been inclined to be a lot more critical to it. Um, I think you know the filmmaking is generally pretty good. Um, I, I, I like a lot of the directors that they had to do this. Um, actually, Taiko Waititi did the last episode, which I thought was uh, probably the best of the show. Um, I, I, all the same, I would have liked to see more done with the characters, uh, particularly the Mandalorian, since we follow him for eight episodes and we don't really learn that much about him.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And, like, even if, even if the if the point is that we're supposed to be engaging with the side characters, I still, like, I feel like a lot of them are fairly surface level as well.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. Definitely at first, especially since you're bouncing around so much. Like, it doesn't feel like yeah. you're a cast a characters. It sort of feels like, well, I got this guy who, you know, constantly wears a mask, and I know nothing about, and a baby. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, like, the main the main characters um, where I would, you know, slightly disagree with you is that yeah. On first glance, it sort of goes like that. But I think when that, when that pig man that says I have spoken comes around a second time, <laughs> I think he's way more interesting. Um, oh yeah. And so that makes me have a little more faith in sort of returning to these sort of like seemingly one dimensional characters and expanding on them. Well, because that's, you know, yeah, I mean, was. I didn't think pig man was ever going to come back. Um, and then he did and he was more interesting. And I was like, huh, maybe, maybe the show can pull it off at some point.
0: Yeah. I think, I think when the show is at its most engaging is during the first couple episodes and the final couple episodes where we, we do return, uh, to these characters that have appeared throughout the show and we give them, uh, you know, maybe a few new aspects or we, we just, uh, sort of get a little more insight into how they work. Yeah. Um, which I, I would have appreciated, in general for the whole cast.
1: Um, well, definitely. Since, I mean, like the girl who comes back, I don't even Right, Kara Dune is her name. What's her name?
0: Cara, Kara Dune.
1: All right. Well, we might as well call her Cool Girl because sure, <laughs> that's all she does. <laughs> um, and that's a little disappointing. And then, like the bad guy at the end, yeah, is like the bad guy. Like, yeah. So many of the characters
0: have just very little interiority yeah which disappoints me a lot hero
1: baby girl bad guy right old wise man
0: you know like what what we know about the mandalorian is uh at the beginning of the show he wants to restore his reputation and he cares about this child Yeah, but like most people you know wouldn't want
1: to kill him like i don't like you don't want to kill a baby like how much does that say about you you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and he does want to kill i mean he lets it go for a bit <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, we we also, to be fair to the show, we get a lot about his uh, backstory as as like a foundling, and there's like, uh, you know, so a lot of implications there. But it it's it's nothing that is all too deep, um, and that that does bother me. I, yeah. I I do wish this show was was more willing to interrogate, uh, its characters.
1: Yeah, well, that's all true, and I agree with it. Um, I think some of the the. There's like one or two episodes that are sort of just like, well, that was filler. Um, uh, but I think the the main enjoyment I got out of this show was that it's cool and it's Star Wars. Um, and I'm, I actually, I'm the type of person who doesn't really like the original movies that much. And when I do like them, it's because they're cool and they're Star Wars, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so I got a similar enjoyment out of this. Um, there's tons of like, I mean, just like having an episode where he like hangs out with, well, you know, bargains with Jawas. I think that's great. Like, it's just funny, you know. Yeah. And I, I like that, the way that they cause him problems, and I like the creatures they introduce here. Um, like, you know, there's one scene in one of the episodes where they just go on speeders for a while, and it's like this really cool shot of them like going over dunes in the speeder, and I was like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Love looking at this. Um, and then just like anytime speaking you, of that speaking of that
0: episode, yeah, uh, there is a great line. Uh, where uh, someone they're fighting uh, is is you know on a on a piece of land uh, a bit far away from them, and the guy next to the Mandalorian goes, "Ah, she's on the high ground. We'll never take her." Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, he actually he says that, but but yes. Oh, he says that. Yeah. Okay. Because the other guy's a newbie, he doesn't know about the high ground. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean you know this show is just like. A lot of things that I can point to and be like, I like that because it was cool. Like, I liked that there was a baby on screen a lot of the time, and it was adorable. um Right? Yes. I like. I like when he is like going up to. I like in the first episode when he goes up to someone. He's like, I can bring you in hot. What does he say? I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in. Cold. I can bring you in hot, or I can bring you in cold. He definitely says warm. does not say okay. Warm. Yeah, that's what I thought too, but. I think that's great. Like what a cool cowboy line. And then later someone else says that to him and he blows them up and he goes, that's my line. How great is that? (laughs) Oh yeah. I did enjoy that a lot. lots of little things like that, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, it's sort of like you were saying earlier, it's, it's in, it's kind of an aesthetic fun. Uh, like I, I think there's a place for that. Um, you know, I'm willing to go bat to bat for like merely all right media. Mm -hmm. Uh, like this show is like you know fun adventures that play around, but not too much in the Star Wars setting, uh, and that's all it like really wants to be. Yeah,
1: and I mean, I'm okay with that. It's all right, but it's Star Wars, and
0: yeah, a lot of
1: it's
0: yeah, a lot of early Clone Wars could be described in the same way. Uh,
1: you having recently watched early Clone? Wars. Yes,
0: um, I'm I'm making my way through that show now. Yeah, uh, and uh, I think you know some of the better episodes in season one, season two, season three, uh, could be described as essentially that. Um, and I don't have too much of a problem with that because, uh, like the Mandalorian, they, they generally keep themselves short. Uh, the Mandalorian runs for, uh, you know, 30 minutes, generally 30, 40 minutes, which is shorter than a lot of shows these days. Um, and also each episode is a one-off, uh, which, you know, not even Clone Wars can,
1: can say, (laughs) uh, yeah, um, we talked about this the other day, but I think the showrunner is the same guy, which is Dave Filoni, is that true? Right, yeah. Um, and he did Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, and the thing that I said to you was all those, well, those two other shows start out sort of bad also um, in that <laughs> the characters don't feel very deep. Um, and then later on, they get a lot of, you know, expansion and, you know, depth that makes those shows really, really great. Um, yeah, he's, I think he's a, he's a slow burner of a director. Yeah. And I think he also (laughs) just really likes star Wars and like, just likes to put cool things sometimes over (laughs) character stuff, which is whatever. Did you, he's actually, he's, I think he's in the, um, he's in the sixth episode. Did you see him? I didn't, I don't, I don't know what he looks like. The X wings. They put him in an X wing.
0: That's (laughs) funny. I know. I know they had some people from like the, the 501st Legion in this show, probably as stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, oh, another great moment that I just have to mention um, sure. before we're done with this, I guess um, is one of those two, two stormtroopers at the beginning of the last episode, I guess is that there's, <laughs> <They're just, laughs> they just sit and hang out for like five minutes and we get their conversation. Um,
0: that's, that's my favorite scene in the show for a lot of reasons. Absolutely. It, yeah. It's, you know for one thing it's hilarious um for another it, thing it
1: has character stuff and like they're yeah, the it, it, it calls
0: upon it calls upon like a a joke that star wars fans are familiar with and i think not in overly obnoxious way like if that scene were played differently i would probably take it as like oh wow this is really just playing to the fans yeah but because of the way that they don't overplay it yeah I it agree. really works and also There's this great sense of like escalating tension because we just sit with these characters for minutes and minutes. Um, as one of them is like, you know, we we hate them, uh, because they're hitting Baby Yoda with someone we care about. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: and so all the while, there's like this, 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 they're ratcheting up the tension. Uh, and then at the end, uh, the I 88 droid comes and beats them
1: up. Yeah yeah that was a great and it's scene. just
0: a fantastic scene uh yeah. in isolation
1: the joke we're talking about is that they they try to shoot at something and they they both miss a lot and then just give up silently <laughs> and it's like five feet away from them it's really funny um, they're shooting at a can on the ground yeah yeah you know this show has lots of cool moments but probably doesn't have the character stuff there yet but i'm a believer yeah. it will come around in the next few seasons maybe i don't know
0: so let's let's um let's talk about something interesting in the last episode, which yeah. is absolutely um, uh, uh, a lore thing uh, that I think you would maybe know more about than me. Yes, um, but I did I did some quick wiki and
1: ah uh, Joe, um, you're supposed to you're watching Clone Wars, man. You got to wait.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so so, uh, yeah. the the main bad guy, uh, Moff Gideon, That's he's amazing. like a,
1: a, a yes, um, who is gutstring? He's kind of a, a, a remnant he's, he's from he's the Empire. He's he's Guthrie. sorry. Gus Fring is here in Star Wars, and he's playing the same character, um, <laughs> and that's the only reason he's here. Um, yeah, as you were, Joe. So,
0: what he has is, um, I believe it's called a dark saber. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's just it's a black dark weapon, dark saber and it's shaped like a sword, not a blade thing. Anyway, and that's he cuts he cuts something with it at the end.
0: So the thing about that is from my understanding that there is only one of them and it's traditionally a Mandalorian weapon.
1: Yeah. It's like, I don't remember the lore exactly. It's been a while for me, but I needed some Mandalorian Jedi was, he was a Mandalorian and a Jedi and he was super special and he had that sword. And then the sword is passed down, um, for Mandalorians. And then Mm -hmm. in the clone wars, it pops up a bit. Um, and then, Sort of the, the the finale of Clone Wars, which we haven't got yet, but I've sort of read about as a thing that was planned when the show was canceled, because I was like, I need to know. Um, but now it's coming back, so I don't want to spoil it too much, but, sure, you know, there's a battle at Mandalore in which the Sith take over Mandalore, I guess. Um, and and the way that they were talking about it this show is that that general has a past with the Mandalorian main character in this show. So I'm assuming that that general was at that battle and, you know, wins the day and has the saber. Except that in the show, in the Clone Wars show, um, Darth Maul has it at some point. I think he still has it at the end of the show. Yeah. And he's also at that battle. I don't know.
0: And then it's, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, I read that it was passed down to Sabine in Rebels.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, man. Um,
0: And Rebels takes place chronologically
1: before this show. Yeah, but not before oh wait okay so where does sabine get that thing jeez I, I haven't seen rebels in a while um i guess she gets it from maul because maul's in Rebels. i think so okay so then okay i don't know <laughs> i don't know what's gonna mm-hmm. happen i guess darth you know that bad guy gus fring is probably maybe he hunts Mandalorians and he killed sabine there you go <laughs> man yeah, she... sucks holy crap <laughs> oh wait no she doesn't oh that's a, that's a good example Sabine used to be just a girl, and then she became an actual character way later. So that's cool. There you nice.
0: go. Huh? Rebels is something I'm interested in pursuing.
1: Yeah, I remember earlier when I said it was really good. I don't think I stand by that. I think it has... It, the characters become characters, though. Mm-hmm. Mainly I was talking about Clone Wars. Darksabers right. are cool. It's a, it's a black lightsaber. It's cool.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: basically that that guy must have killed someone one of our friends to get it probably
0: yeah uh the the point I'm getting at is that like that implies a more interesting story than we see in a lot of the show
1: <laughs> yeah actually at one point in his monologue the bad guy's like it means more to me than you can know and there's some mystery surrounding why he wants baby Yoda um mm-hmm. so I think they're setting up for a little bit more interesting stuff for sure
0: yeah I mean my main complaint is just that we we spend a lot of time on Episodic adventures of the Mandalorian that don't amount to all that much, uh, where we could be uh, building up to what what seems to be a, a more interesting adventure. <laughs> yep, because by the by the end of the show, we do have a pitch that I'm pretty engaged with, where the Mandalorian is is heading off to uh, basically train Baby Yoda.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, cool. and it also. You know, it it builds. Up. I've talked about this. I I think on a previous episode of the show. I really want the Mandalorian to train Baby Yoda to have a gun. You did to shoot a gun.
1: Yeah, you said that.
0: Because I, I I that's I, I think that would just be a wonderful bonding
1: exercise okay. for I the two. Of I don't them. know what this joke is, but yes, I think that's going to happen. Um, I. Joe, <laughs> so you realize if Baby Yoda tries to shoot someone with a gun, they're pretty much justified in shooting it back, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the level. I guess.
0: Like I guess what I really want is for Baby Yoda to learn how to shoot a gun when when he's a bit older, perhaps a teen Yoda. Okay. A cool teen Yoda with a skateboard that vapes.
1: I don't think I want that. I think I like him as a baby because he's cute. (laughs) He never grows up.
0: Okay, you want to move on? uh yes, yes, I do. So, Nick, it's time once again for um, Archie Mania. This is the segment on the show we do each and every week where we pretend like we we know what's going on on the CW's hit drama Riverdale. Oh, man. What season are we on now? Uh, three, four? Four, I think.
1: All right. I don't know if I did this bit last time, but um, Archie died at the end of last season. Um, oh, did he? Yep, and this season is Afterlife with Archie, the hit comic from who knows when that started. Archie. Oh, intro again. Um,
0: do they do they cross over with um? Yes. <laughs> is that
1: what you're asking?
0: Eye Zombie, sure, sure.
1: Eye Zombie probably takes place in the underworld, right? Okay. And Lucifer um, probably does too, right? And that's on the CW. So I have
0: I have a question about Afterlife with
1: Archie. I'd probably have uh, having, having it, not read it has to do with the show in which I can pretend to know the answer. Yes. That's what I'm asking you. Okay.
0: Um, does it cross over? Uh, so I know there are things Jughead, the hunger, and there's also Vampironica. Yes. Are these things all in the same universe? <laughs>
1: they're, they're in the afterlife in the third season. Yes. So when you die, you'll meet jug, jug dead. And, uh, Vampireonica right but they' it's like the flash when they go to other dimensions mm-hmm. and like
0: but this is just the
1: underworld yeah and it's about Archie trying to um build a stable and healthy life in the underworld because he's actually mm-hmm. not trying to get back that's impossible okay so
0: so I'm gonna I'm gonna take back the pitch I gave you uh, which is that Jughead is not dead uh we're we're incorporating components of Jughead's time police. And um, uh, he is traveling through time to prevent Archie's death, and he encounters, like, a lot of, like, different, uh, you know, menaces and, and adventures along the way. A lot of different obstacles. Mm. And that's, like, our subplot for the season. That's that's what Jughead is up to.
1: What's uh, Betty up to? We haven't talked about Betty. Crying.
0: Um, She's crying. I don't. I don't think that's that's, you know. I, I. It really is unfortunate that the writers of this TV show are so bad at writing women.
1: <laughs> but Betty is crying and teams up with um who's that guy that Archie doesn't like um who also probably loves Betty, Richie. I. Her and Richie have teamed up to try to solve the murder of. Hold Archie. on. <laughs> who murdered Archie? And they're they're doing that in the subplot while Archie's dead, and Jughead travels through time. What do you think about that? No way is that character's name Richie. I believe it is, sir. Also, Veronica is dating someone who killed Archie, or has some ties to the mob about him. I forest. thought
0: I thought Veronica was also dead,
1: based oh. on
0: oh, her uh, being a vampire. No, no,
1: it's not. She's just a different version of Veronica in the dead world.
0: Right. So Reggie is the character's name.
1: That's what I said. <laughs> Reggie, yeah, Reggie, Reggie. These are Reggie. things we should know. Why? <laughs> Why? I've read a fair amount of Archie comics in my life. I have not, sir. So I <laughs> read. I've just only watched Riverdale um, religiously for three seasons. Um,
0: four seasons. Four. Seasons. <laughs> We're on season four. Oh my god.
1: Oh god. Oh, um, what else goes on Riverdale? We forgot. Isn't there some weird like, uh, teacher, teacher sex, having sex with your teacher aspect?
0: Of this um, show? yeah, I think, I think, actually, it's it's Principal Weatherby this time yeah. uh, that is doing the sex, yeah. not with minors, um, because that would be weird.
1: Um, he's no, he's he is, doing but, sex. No, Joe, that's that's what we, that's what Riverdale's about. <laughs> i'm sorry Uh, i'm sorry it has to be this way
0: which um (laughs) i'm not exploring this avenue anymore (laughs) i've not seen twin peaks
1: twin peaks is gross yeah (laughs) yeah this is what i was basing most of my theories off is that riverdale is just twin peaks i think it is Hmm. i think that's probably true yeah. We're yeah. going to be crazy next season when they go to space. Oh, yeah. They're going to space? Yeah. Archie, no. The light Jughead, Jughead accidentally got lost in space trying to get everyone <laughs> home. He finally got Archie out of the underworld. Mm-hmm. And then he said, Yahoo! Time to go home! And the credits started rolling. Um, and then Vampire Veronica, who Jughead is now in love with, uh, I guess. And, uh, yeah. and Archie <laughs> and Jughead, they all appear um, in space. And Jughead's like, oh man, I must have uncalibrated the 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 quantum leaping thing, (laughs) and then they're in space. That's the end. All right, that's the cliffhanger. That's the cliffhanger for season four, leading into season five of Riverdale. Yeah, I can't wait to see how Vampire Veronica reacts to the real Veronica in real life. (laughs) That'll be crazy. Okay, close. I'm done. Coming (laughs) on.
0: Nick. I believe you've got a last quote for us. (laughs) Chuck (laughs) or (laughs) not.
1: Yes, I have a wise quote. Um, I don't know where this is from if it is. Um Oh no. <laughs> I what? I read it I read it in the I always book. dread when you don't know where they're from. I read it in the book, the Da Vinci Code, but I didn't look up if it's from somewhere else. Does that make sense? <laughs> sure. But it's not quoted in the book, which makes me think it's from the book. Okay. And that book's by a man named Daniel Brown. So here it goes. Uh uh-huh. Men go, uh, men or women, or whatever, uh, go to far greater lengths to avoid what they fear than to obtain what they desire.
0: Thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bordner and Nick Bropapis. You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at Joby underscore draws. You can read my webcomic, Aeronaut, at joebydraws.com. As always, Nick has nothing to promote. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It would really help with the show. Bye.
1: wait wait, how does the music go um i forgot it's like da 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 -da. is it no wait, that's stranger things hold on wait a moment do you remember how the music goes in front of the, the the title cards
0: for mandalorian
1: yeah it's really good